Hello friends! Welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. I am so happy to be back. Thank you so much for your patience as I get through this crazy time. As promised, I wanted to do a Halloween episode, so today I'm going to be telling some spooky stories that have happened to me to draw out the spooky season just a little bit longer. Here we go. Alright, so for those that are sensitive to scary things, I wanted to give you an overview of what we will be discussing so you feel a bit more secure. I will be sharing stories about my ghostly encounters at one of the dance studios I teach at. There are many ghosts and many rich stories there. Not really scary, but it's ghosts. (laughs) A story about a demonic entity that I had encountered and a freaky story about a very aggressive type of extraterrestrial called reptilian. We're kicking it off with ghosts. One of the dance studios that I teach at has a lot of ghostly stuff going on. There are two buildings, the first of which holds the main studios and the office, all that stuff. To give you a visual, you walk into the office, there's a little studio upstairs right above it, At the back of the office, there's a door that opens to the front studio with the bathrooms on the side of it, and then it continues back to the back studio. And the second of which they purchased later on, and it's just basically like a huge warehouse. Starting with the main building, there used to be a spirit of a little girl in the upstairs room. She has since passed over. She was great. She was a little shy, but such a sweetie, around like six or seven years old. She didn't come out very much. There is another person that goes to the studio a lot, too, that is also very sensitive to energy, so she would show herself to both of us just to say hi, or I would see her playing in the corner, but that's all. She always kind of stayed to herself. The room in the back of the building holds the spirit of an older man, His energy was always very thick and very uncomfortable. He clearly did not like people in his space. During the day, I wouldn't feel him too strongly. He would just kind of stand in the corner of the room and stare. But as it got later into the night, his energy definitely got a little bit stronger and more uncomfortable. (laughs) He's probably in his, like, mid-50s and has been tied to the land there for a fairly good while. He felt very protective of the space in the back and did not like people there at night. His energy always got really intense when it was time to lock up at the end of classes and stuff. There was one time I was turning the lights off in the back room and then went through the front room to go into the office to leave. And as I was closing the door to the front room, it was pitch black, I saw this burst of energy that looked like Beetlejuice When he turns into a snake, like he's trying to scare the humans, it had a similar face with sharp teeth and bulging eyes and stuff, and it kind of lunged at me from the darkness. It didn't feel bad. It was frightening, but it just felt more like a threat to go away and stay away. Another time, I was going to the bathroom before I left, and when I closed the door, I saw this white, naked figure kind of run in behind me. It looked like if you mix a rat with a person, it was completely hairless except for a few long, wispy, like, straggly pieces that were disheveled on its head and its face. It was kind of hunched over and its, like, face went into this, like, 
kind of rat-looking snout. It didn't necessarily feel like evil. Ah, damn. I was, before I record these, I kind of go through what I want to talk about, and I was already on edge because the stories that I shared today get a little freaky. <laughs> and right now, as I was recording, my phone fell over, and it scared me so bad. I jumped so hard right now. <laughs> Anyways, it didn't feel evil or anything. It just felt like it was trying to tell me to go away. It was trying to scare me. Um, but I immediately just told it to leave me alone. I pushed it out of the bathroom. This was really late at night. I was alone, so I was very terrified, but I told it, I'm leaving right now. Just stay away. Do not come anywhere near me. I will be gone soon. Go away. <laughs> Another time, after I locked up and was heading to my car, I saw the man standing outside of the building. I had never seen him out that far before. He was always just in that back room or would push out into the front room, but that was all. So he was staring at me as I made my way to the car. He had shaggy brown hair that was kind of, like, covering his eyes. He was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. His front hands were, like, in the front pockets of the jeans, and he had some sneakers on. I started to drive away, and he kind of walked down to the sidewalk and looked off into my direction and then once I got on the freeway I felt his energy kind of persisting behind me. I was concerned that he would follow me like what had happened with my mom in my poltergeist story so I called upon the bird people real quick. I talked about them in a previous episode. They're a very powerful collective that is incredibly useful at moving energy and protecting you and all that stuff. I always call upon them when there's a particularly, like, stubborn spirit around or when I'm feeling vulnerable, so I asked for their protection. Um, I really installed some strong bubbles and shields around me in my car. I essentially imagined, like, an invisibility cloak around me that made me, like, energetically invisible to him. This is all intention-based, so if you want to do the same at some point, you just literally imagine an invisibility cloak kind of going around you that is completely masking your energy. Once I did that, I felt his energy like snap back to the studio, like he was connected to a rubber band that just let go. He like launched back and then all was fine. I have tried talking to him previously to help him pass over, but he never wanted to. He was too stuck in the physical realm and just did not want to budge so I didn't really push it for a while until like a few years after. <laughs> there was a guy at the studio that would teach gymnastics lessons in the back room. There used to be a trampoline tumbling track thing and a bunch of those giant gymnastics crash mats back there. The crash mats they had were really big and very thick and incredibly heavy, the gymnastics guy would complain a lot, saying that someone was messing with the mats and not putting them back. The owner would even send out emails a lot asking whoever it was that was messing with the mats to stop or at the very least put them back because they were apparently being left out all the time in the middle of the floor. My boyfriend and I co-teach a kid's hip-hop class, so one morning after we had finished teaching, we went to the office to kind of hang out for a little bit and snack. There was a class after ours in that back room, 
a friend of ours was teaching, so we went back there to, like, watch the choreo and talk to her for a little bit, and then she and everybody in the class left. The gymnastics guy arrived after them, went to the back, and then immediately came back to the office, super angry, saying that he was tired of people messing with the mats and not putting them back. We told him that no one had been in there after us. There was no one there. It was impossible that someone messed with them. He rolled his eyes and told us to follow him, so we went. And all three of the giant mats were spread around the floor. They were really big and really heavy. Again, literally they require like at least two people to pull them out to the floor. So for them to be scattered like that was very surprising. They couldn't have fallen because they were all spread out on the floor, like purposefully. They don't, if something toppled over, it doesn't just magically slide in this like little formation. And we would have heard a very loud bang, but there was literally no sound. We helped the gymnastics guy put the mats back and then left the room. And I decided that it was time to really talk to the spirit to figure out what was going on, try to calm him down because manipulating things that heavy is not the best sign. He definitely had some like pent up aggression going on and I didn't want it to escalate and I just wanted to make sure he was okay. I asked him a few questions just to find out like information about him, what he needed, if he was okay. He completely ignored me. I tried to reassure him that we were not invading his space. This is a cohabitation situation. We were just here to dance and exercise. We didn't mean to bother him. His energy softened a little bit, but he still wasn't responding to me. I could tell that he felt seen and was feeling a lot calmer. His energy definitely softened up a lot, so um, I just kind of gave him his space and, you know, reassured him that everything was fine and if he needs anything, you know, to let me know. And that was the end of any weirdness back there. He's still there, but is enjoying the space far better now and doesn't take the mats out or mess with anything anymore. He used to also turn the bathroom lights on and make them flicker every once in a while, like in the middle of classes, which was always freaky, but that too has since stopped. <laughs> now, the other building, on the other hand, the warehouse, it has a spirit in there that is far more apparent. The other person at the studio that is also sensitive to energy usually hears, I feel like every single time he goes in there to use the bathroom, he hears footsteps very audibly and sees the ghost's shadow on the floor as he steps. There's nobody in there. It's clearly the ghost, and it usually only happens just when he's using the bathroom. This spirit is also a man. He was a car mechanic that died on the job. It used to be like a mechanic shop. There were a few times where he would randomly like manipulate physical things in some way, but things were very calm for a long time. I want to say maybe about five years ago, my boyfriend and I were staying late at the studio, dancing and choreographing and stuff in the warehouse. It was really late, so we had locked ourselves in. The studio is in a little bit of a sketchy area, so this is what we all do when it's late. This is common practice. The walls are metal, and after an hour or so of us being there, we began hearing banging on the wall like someone was hitting it really hard. Thinking it was just some, like, random person outside, Lewis decided to play some creepy music really loud in the hopes of scaring them away. 
It was really stupid. It was some, like, Halloween music with, like, this, like, demonic laughing and, like, <laughs> like church piano and, I don't know, it was stupid. Um, but the banging was repeating every, like, 10 to 15 minutes. It happened, like, two more times, so I decided I wanted to find out if it was actually a person or if it was a ghost, what was going on. So after it happened again, I quietly ran outside through the back door to sneak over and peek over to that sidewall to see if I could see anybody, but there was no one there. There was no one in the parking lot, no one down the street. It was all completely empty. It was very late, so it was completely all deserted. We tried to mimic the sound to see if it was possible for it to be from someone on the outside, but the sound didn't match. Banging on the wall from the inside, however, made the same noise. (laughs) So that was confirmation that it was most likely, in fact, the ghost, because there's nobody else there banging on anything. I tried to talk to it to see if it needed anything from me, but it didn't respond. I felt like he just was making his presence known, but to give him some space, we packed up our stuff and headed out. About a month later, my boyfriend was working the front desk. All classes had ended and it was time to go, so we got ready to begin closing the register and locking up. Immediately following classes, we saw a friend of ours stop at the warehouse before leaving, so we assumed she was just using the bathroom there before she left home. About 10 minutes went by, we locked the main building and made our way to the warehouse to close it up. We saw that the bathroom door was closed and that the light was on in there, so we assumed that she was maybe having some stomach issues or something and was taking a little bit of time, so we were just kind of giving her some space and we waited. Another 10 minutes went by and my boyfriend jokingly said, what if she's not even in there? What if we're just like waiting and there's just, you know, maybe she forgot to turn the light off. So I made my way over to check and... Immediately as I got close to the door, I heard the sink go off and then like the paper towel dispenser go off. It's very loud. It's very, you can clearly hear it. So I went back to just let him know like, oh, it looks like she's finishing up. I keep hearing bangs and I keep jumping. I'm getting so spooked. It's getting late (laughs) and I'm home alone. I'm freaking myself out. All right. So, um, I went back over to my boyfriend to let let him know, like, oh, she's just finishing up, you know, I just heard the sink. Um, we waited, like, ten more minutes, and we're like, okay, this is getting a little ridiculous. So, I went over to knock on the door and let whoever was in the bathroom know that we were getting ready to leave. I heard no response, I just kept hearing the sink turn on, and then the paper towel, and then the sink turn on, and then the paper towel, like, back and forth, back and forth. They weren't responding to me, so we were wondering if perhaps, like, it was a houseless person that needed to, like, clean themselves off or something. Um, So we just kind of, I let them know, hey, we gotta go, please wrap it up. They didn't respond, but I was just like, whatever, let's give it some more time. Another ten minutes goes. I knocked on the door again, let them know that we're getting ready to leave. There was no response. I kept saying, like, hey, if somebody's here, please let me know are you in there? We're gonna have to get ready to go. Hello, you know, please just acknowledge that you're there or, you know, just like let us know there's a living person in here. What is going on? I just kept hearing the sink go off and shuffling of feet. We weren't sure what to do. So Lewis went over. I don't know. He's a man. So we thought maybe like, oh, I'm more like 
strong sounding. I don't know. So he tried to do the same thing, but he didn't get a response. Lewis said, what if she just like left the sink on and there's actually nobody in there? It felt weird because we were hearing it turn on and off, but I was like, oh, hey, well, let me check under the door. Maybe it's like the ghost again. So I looked under the door and I saw shoes like shuffling around. I saw feet in there and I saw shadows. I could hear them breathing. So it was all very clearly a person that was in there. We waited another like 10 minutes, went back again. We're like, hey, we really have to leave. If you don't come out, we're going to have to call the police because we really need to lock up. It's like midnight. We're tired and hungry. We just want to go home. Still heard nothing. So we finally told them. We gave them like five warnings. And we're like, okay, we're going to call the police because, you know, we need you to come out. And if you're not coming out willingly, like we need help. So we called the police, let them know what was going on. About 30 minutes later, the police finally got there. They went over to the bathroom, they knocked on the door, and were like, hey, you need to go out, this is the police, blah, blah, blah. Nothing happened. They decided to unlock the door from the outside. It's a lock where you just need, like, a screwdriver or a coin to unlock it, so it was very easy. They opened the door, and there was nobody in there at all whatsoever. (laughs) The bathroom was completely empty. They searched it trying to see if there was a way for somebody to like escape and hide in another room, but it's impossible. The bathrooms are very closed off. So that was that. It was very embarrassing. It It was crazy. After that, things were calm in the warehouse for a while until earlier this year. They've been doing a lot of construction in there. The owner called me one day because the main construction guy had arrived one morning to find that all the lights are on, even the colored theatrical ones that require you to go through the control room computer, which is impossible because it's all locked up there, were turned on. And his radio was blasting to some random staticky station he had not been listening to. They have cameras in the studio, and no one had gone in there since they locked up the night prior. Everything was left perfectly closed and turned off. So she had called me concerned that there was an angry ghost and she did not want anybody to get hurt or like anything to happen. So I tapped into the situation and basically the man, the spirit man, was overwhelmed with the construction going on and didn't like that mean construction guy, so was retaliating a bit. I calmed him down, let him know that they're almost done. I sent him some Reiki and he seemed to feel a bit better. A few days later, he turned on the guy's radio and blasted it again, one more time, one final time. So I talked to the spirit man again to calm him down. Again, just reassure him like, hey, things are fine. You just need to wait like a few more days and then you will be at peace, I promise. Everything finally was perfectly peachy. Everything was calm. Uh, The spirit man's energy really neutralized and he was telling me how much he loves watching everyone dance and live their best life. He just didn't like all the change and it was just overwhelming him. So there you go. The end of story number one. (laughs) This next story is about a demonic man. When I was 16, my dad got really into fighting demons. I don't like to label things as demonic or demons because technically everything is source energy and it's just a perspective thing, but 
For the sake of the story, I will use the word demon. (laughs) My dad is not afraid of energy. He is ready to fight and neutralize whatever it is that is requiring him to. I would go to my dad's house every other weekend to spend some time with him, so one day, it was my dad's weekend. His girlfriend at the time was over. I don't remember what the chain of events were for the night, but I believe we were all watching TV when all of a sudden either my dad or I realized that something didn't feel right. It was getting stronger and stronger. We couldn't pinpoint what it was, but it felt very dark and very heavy. It was almost like it was slowly downloading into the space. I felt the presence getting really strong by the sliding glass door that opens to the balcony by the living room. I was trying to tap into it to understand what this energy is, what was going on, when all of a sudden an old white man materialized. He had very long, like, white-gray hair. He had piercing blue eyes, a white beard. He was wearing neutral colors, like whites and beiges that looked a bit rag-like. He had like a jacket or something like a sweater that looked like it was made out of burlap sack material. It almost looked like a cloak or something. He was looking into the living room from the balcony. He's looking at us. I immediately jumped up and ran to the dining room telling them what I was seeing because it frightened me and it was too close to comfort. The dining room and the or the dining room is right next to the living room. The living room like opens into it, so it's off, but I'm still able to see the balcony from there, so I could still kind of see him. I just wanted more distance between us. My dad felt him and started getting ready to fight because the energy was very dark and very aggressive. My dad and his girlfriend joined me in the dining room and I was looking at the demon guy describing his mannerisms and what I was seeing and feeling. Upon looking at his face, I my eyes kind of was, you know, scanning him, and my eyes got stuck in his eyes. There was like this piercing energy that magnetized my eyes into his, and in that moment, it felt like I was put in a trance, and I couldn't look away. My body was completely frozen. I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. I could barely breathe. Like, my breathing got very shallow. I was just completely stuck. He smiled and put his arms out towards me, and I started to feel this intense pulling sensation. My body started involuntarily taking steps towards the demon man. I felt like I had absolutely no control. I could barely even react because I was so frozen. I was fighting as hard as I could to regain control over my body. And finally, I kind of started to fight through it. And I started crying and freaking out, scared that he was going to, like, take me away or something. I didn't know what was going on. It was absolutely terrifying. I was finally able to kind of mumble out that I was frozen and needed help. My dad yanked me back, trying to hold me in place and reassure me that things would be okay, but I kept, like, getting pulled by the demon man, and my dad kept having to pull me back. It was like this crazy tug-of-war. Oh, God. My dad started channeling his guides and the bird people to help remove this being, and that stopped that pulling sensation, but the demon man was not budging. He was not 
moving at all. It just kind of smacked him down enough to stop that trance thing. In quick thinking, (laughs) I channeled my inner charmed witch and I was like, we need the power of three. We need to hold hands in a circle and chant. (laughs) So we all held hands and repeated something like, you are not welcome here. Leave immediately and never come back. You are not welcome here. Leave immediately and never come back. We chanted it over and over and the man's energy finally began weakening until he turned around and disappeared. We cleansed ourselves, the space, reset the boundaries around all that stuff and everything, and all was fine. This was early on in my training, so I was still in a state of fear and apprehension a lot. We have so much power, and at the time, I got that. I would hear that a lot. Be like, yeah, sure, we got power. (laughs) But I didn't really trust it. I didn't understand how strong it was or how to use it. It just... I was very apprehensive about it all. So in this situation, I quickly gave my power to that demon man by telling myself like, oh no, there's a scary monster and I can't do anything about it. I'm helpless. (laughs) He fed on my fear, which got me caught in his energy and I essentially submitted to him. (laughs) From the outside perspective, it's really scary, you know, this like whole ordeal, but when you really dissect it, it's like, Oh, I was literally saying, oh no, you're so powerful and I'm so weak. What are you going to do? And then he's like, I'm going to pull you in. And then my body's like, oh, okay. You know, it's it was a great lesson learned to trust myself in my power <laughs> anytime I feel vulnerable or uncomfortable. Oh, that was an intense situation. But that is the end of that story. The end. Now for story number three. In January of this year, 2021, I joined the Clubhouse app. My friend that has had a lot of alien abduction experiences was a guest for a group on there, so I went on to support him, and I spoke a little bit too. Towards the end of the conversation, there was a girl that came on talking about how reptilians and draconians have followed her and messed with her since she was a kid physically popping into her space and threatening her, spying on her through mirrors, physically attacking her, etc. I don't remember the details, but her stories were really intense to the extent that even I was kind of second-guessing the legitimacy of them because they were really crazy. For those that are not familiar, Reptilians and draconians are considered more evil types of extraterrestrials, draconians being much more intense and hostile than reptilians. I am less familiar with draconians. I just know that their energy feels very thick, incredibly heavy, and just not good. Like, ooh, it doesn't it is not good. <laughs> it's bad. Reptilians feel similar, but nowhere near as dark and heavy. There are also some reptilians that don't mean harm at all, that don't even fall under that umbrella and are actually very nice and caring and wonderful little guys. So there is definitely a bit of a range in them, but in this case with this girl's story, she was talking about the more hostile type. I have had clients previously that struggled with reptilians messing with them. I've had many people come to me saying they have seen or sensed them in their mirrors, peeking from windows, etc., just kind of in their space. 
Reptilians really stick their nose in your business, and I've dealt with having to disconnect their tie from people and close their portals, but I never personally dealt with them, like, in my own space. So as she was explaining her experience and how frustrated she was, I began to feel reptilian energy really strong around me like I had never felt before. It almost felt like they were listening in on the conversation. It was super uncomfortable. I could really like see and feel the energy that she was talking about really intensely. It felt heavy, domineering, just like a big bully. It felt, oh, it was so like... Ugh, like nails on a chalkboard. I kept getting this vision of the reptilians somehow listening to the conversation, but I wasn't sure how they would be like tuning in. <laughs> so I thought I was just being overdramatic and scaring myself because the story was like spooky, you know? Some extraterrestrials can be very pushy and very stubborn, really testing your free will. So with some, I've had to really place strong, like, protective mechanisms up when I'm connecting to them. Set a strong boundary that my energy is essentially, like, soap, making it impossible for them to latch onto because they'll just slip off. I envision a protective, invisible bubble around me that, like, hides all my personal information and energy signatures so the being can't locate me or find out anything about me, etc. This is all done through setting firm intentions, envisioning, and really feeling it all as I'm putting these, like, measures in place. So you can do the same just by doing that, <laughs> setting and standing behind a very strong intention. Anyway, so as I was listening to her and talking to her and stuff, I was feeling a major increase in reptilian energy. I began putting those protective bubbles around me just in case, but I wasn't too serious about it, thinking it was impossible for them to just, like, infiltrate my space by listening to someone share a story on my phone. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't connecting to them. They were just, I was just listening. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do it just in case, but I highly doubt anything is popping in here. Once I left the chat room a little while later, I looked outside. We lived in a little studio at the time, so I was, like, in the kitchen area, and then I just turned around and briefly looked out the front door, which has a window on it, and I saw a reptilian being physically standing there staring at me. It disappeared and then, like, reappeared in my home and then disappeared again. I was really upset that they would violate my space like that and I was a little concerned so I quickly demanded that it leave me alone. I called upon my guides, the bird people, all that stuff and asked for their help. I repeated multiple times that the beings were not allowed in my space and needed to leave immediately. I felt a little shift where they weren't as present but I kept feeling like I was being watched and, like, spied on, and my body was, like, uh, it was causing so much anxiety and, like, stress. As I've said before, extraterrestrial energy can sometimes cause this, like, weird anxious response, and my body was doing that, but it was, like, so much worse because I felt like they were just, like, staring at me. It felt thick, and I just felt a little violated. I got ready for bed, still feeling very on edge. I couldn't really sleep just due to that feeling of being stared at. It was really terrible. 
I figured it was just me recovering from like having my space violated by an aggressive being. So I just kind of put a protective bubble around me just to kind of feel safe and tell myself like, no, it's fine. You know, nothing's here. The next morning I woke up to brush my teeth and stuff and I realized that my bathroom mirror looked different. There was like a weird foggy hue to it and it looked like it had depth. It was it was weird. I don't know how to explain it. It almost looked like a window more so than a mirror. I tried to tap into it to see what was going on and I immediately felt some reptilian eyes staring back at me. I was absolutely furious. They had opened up a portal in my damn bathroom mirror. I didn't know what they wanted, and I couldn't care less. I do not tolerate any being forcing themselves into my space without permission, so I immediately closed the portal. I have a YouTube video all about portals and how to close them. I'll link it um, in this video description. But um, I closed it, I cleansed it, cleansed my home, cleansed myself, and demanded that they leave me alone. They weren't allowed anywhere near my energy. Our tie was cut off, and they could no longer access me ever again. I scanned my energy field and noticed that there were areas that they had, like, tried forcing themselves into my field, and those areas all had this, like, weird, like, foggy stuff on my energy field, so I ran Reiki through my field to heal it all and release any remnants of their energy. I imagined strong metal gates shutting around me, creating an impenetrable bubble barrier around me and anything connected to me, like my home and my car and just all the stuff that is mine. I felt a huge wave of relief as the heaviness was all gone. It still took me a couple days to kind of come back to normal fully. I just felt so drained and disoriented from that little situation. It was crazy how much it like knocked me down so fast. It was crazy. I talked to my friend later that week, and he immediately asked me if I had been feeling weird after the clubhouse chat, and I was like, funnily enough, yes. <laughs> after that girl talked about those reptilians, they, like, invaded my space, I was feeling like I was being watched, I was all anxious, blah, 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 and he was like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> While she was talking, I could feel their eyes on me. I put my bubbles and intentions up to protect me, but I've been feeling so drained and anxious and I just can't shake the feeling of them. I feel like there's one like standing around me all the time. I thought it was just me like feeling spooked or something. So I was like, yeah, absolutely not. There's something weird going on. I told him everything I had experienced and he was having the exact same issues. So I tapped into his energy and I felt them really strongly trying to like infiltrate his field. I saw that same weird like foggy stuff on his field that was like trying to like take over and push through the layers. It was intense. Since they had been forcing themselves into his field for far longer than they had mine, they had a much deeper, like, grasp on it and a much deeper effect. It took a lot of Reiki to push them off and really, like, heal those areas. He really set his boundaries, like, really demanding they leave him alone and really, like, focused on pushing them away. He spent a few days, like, prioritizing self-care, and after, like, a week, I think, he finally started to feel back to normal. 
The impression I got was they were trying to use our bodies as vessels to gain, like, information or something. So they were forcing their, like, software, I guess you could call it, into our energy field to kind of set some control mechanisms. It was wild, man. I have never experienced anything like that before, but it was really freaky. (laughs) When it comes to those more malicious collectives, you really have to be clear with your boundaries from the get-go and pull that free will card really aggressively because they will push that boundary. I was really concerned about the other people in the chat room after that experience because if we both experienced it so strongly, there had to have been other people feeling it too. And I don't know if they had the tools to like push them away, you know? Ugh, so terrible. I hate, I hate beings that do that. I hate, I hate things that like violate people. (laughs) Oh gosh. Moral of the story, when in doubt, just protect yourself. (laughs) Call upon whoever you need to and be very strong. Just trust your intuition. Do what you got to to kind of give yourself some peace of mind. That is what is most important. When your mental state is in a good place, then your energy is in a good place and anything that does not resonate with that immediately just slips away. So just do what you got to do, you know? (laughs) And that is our show for today. Thank you so much for being here with me. I hope you enjoyed my stories and my rambling. I am sending you all so much love as always, and I will see you next time. Have a beautiful week. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at Channel with Amber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.